Friday, April 9th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, it's a it's a gorgeous day in Cleveland. Hey, did you think we'd have 80 degrees in April? I, I mean, this is this is not how the game plan is supposed to go for uh, the first couple of weeks of the season here at home for the Indians uh, as they face Kansas City and now Detroit coming in this weekend. Yeah, definitely, Joe. I mean, it was weather was beautiful yesterday. Uh, on uh, Thursday, it looks like it's going to be gorgeous tonight for a game. Uh, just beautiful weather, and you know who knows. Next week it could be snowing. You know but the way the way the weather goes in Cleveland, but uh, just a great baseball weather. Right, and uh, the Indians taking advantage of the off days in the early part of the schedule on Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, they they had uh, folks from I believe from the clinic come in and. Uh, administer vaccines to those who wanted them on the roster and, and in the tier one group. Uh, James Karinchak, one of those who, who came out earlier in the week and had a little bit of a, a controversial post on his social media, uh, just to explain, uh, you know, what happened with James and, and you know, what could happen, uh, you know, moving forward in regards to the vaccine. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, James uh, Karinchak obviously posted an anti-vaccine um, uh, reposted, I should say, an anti-vaccine uh, post on his Instagram story, um, and and in doing so, uh, the post con- included a, a quote from uh, Herman Goring, uh, you know, convicted war criminal, uh, uh, one of the uh, you know military and political leaders of the Nazi regime during World War II, you know, about. Uh, how governments use fear to intimidate people and not, you know, if, 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 if you don't want to get the vaccine, fine, you know, okay. You know, that, that's your choice. It's your body. Uh, but you don't use that as a vehicle. You don't use one of the evilest periods in, in the history of man to, uh, you know, to uh, fortify your point. Right. And I, I think sort of using that, that post to illustrate things, you know, demonstrates a, a level of, I, I would say immaturity on, on James's part. I'm sure he regrets doing so. Uh, and, and I believe the post was taken down. Uh, you know, it was in his story, so it deletes itself after 24 hours. But, uh, you know, this this is a, an indication of maybe a, a broader problem for Karen Jack, not exactly for the team. Uh, the team has, has the ability to get to that 85% vaccinated level so that they can relax some of these COVID protocols, you know, not have to wear masks in the dugout, uh, you know, the, the clubhouse could be a little more uh, intimate, I guess, as far as things go once they, they reach that, that level. But when you say, you know, it's your choice, you don't have to take the vaccine for yourself. Well, but you got to take it for the guy who's in the locker next to you, don't you? You have to take it for his family and for his, uh, you know, for his, his, his kids or, or whatever. This is a team that had Carlos Carrasco on the squad last year, and, and everybody had to be extra, uh, you know, special careful because, Carrasco was coming off of a year where he was, he sat out half the year with, with leukemia. These it's, it, it's a, it's an immaturity and a selfish thing. I, I think from my pr- perspective about Karen Jack, you know, have your thoughts, have your position one way or another, but do what you need to do to, to be able to move forward and, and get the team where they need to be. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. And uh, you know, who knows, hopefully he comes around uh, to the, you know, that way of thinking. I know the medical staff is, you know, listening to Terry Francona has done a, you know, a great job explaining the benefits of the, the vaccine. And, uh, 
you know, the benefits to the team, like you said, you know, you can act more like a, a regular baseball team in the locker room. You can go to restaurants. You can, uh, you know, play cards on the plane. You can, you know, you can, you can just, you know, be, be a normal, like a player. Uh, if, if you get reached this 85% threshold. Um, and if you don't, uh, I guess, you know, James Karinchak sits in the corner of the locker room with the mascot, you know, so, you know, that, that's, that's his alternative. And if that's his belief, fine, you know, the, then do it. But, you know, you, you, you're also, you know, this is a team game and, you know, it's what yeah. Gabe Paul said, <laughs> Gabe Paul once said, baseball is a game is a team game by played by nine or 10 different individuals. So, you know, is that part of this? Who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think uh, it, it'll just be interesting to see the, the dynamic in the locker room and, and how things, you know, progress throughout the season. If, if these guys are, are, are going to be able to get along. Remember this is, we're not quite a year removed from, uh, you know, uh, an, an incident where Zach Plesak and Mike Clevenger were sort of ostracized for, for not following the protocols. And if you follow the science, the protocols work. They, they've worked so far for MLB. I think they another round of testing was just recently uh, announced, and out of you know more than twelve thousand tests uh, in the last week, one player and, and one alternate site player uh, in, in Major League Baseball tested positive. So uh, you know the protocols work if you if you follow them, and that stands to reason that the the vaccine would would also you know sort of cut down things. All right, moving on. Uh, the Mets won a controversial game the other day uh, when Pete Alonso, uh, with the bases loaded, uh, sort oh, of. Oh no, Mike! Mike Conforto. Mike Conforto. Mike Mike Conforto. Why, why do I? I can't get the two straight in my head. Pete Alonso, Mike Conforto. It's it's all those Italians with the uh, the vowels <laughs> names. I can't I can't do it. Uh, uh, Michael Conforto uh, leans into a pitch in the strike zone and gets hit with the bases loaded, and uh, you know, uh, the game ends in controversy because uh, there was no replay mechanism that could reverse the umpire's call at the plate. Uh, you know, just your take on that whole situation and what happened and should replays rules be amended to include something like that? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, what did Tito say about the, the replay at second base? Unintended consequences, mm -hmm. you know, so I don't know if this fits that, that definition, but it seems to. I mean, Ron Culpa, you know, a, a solid, a, a, a big league umpire was behind the plate. Uh, the pitch was coming in, and he looked like he was going to call a strike. You know, he's going to. It was in the strike zone, and then uh, Conforto leans out and kind of sticks his elbow in front of the pitch. Uh, Culpa changes his call. Um, you know, bases loaded. He, he awards him first base, and a winning run scores, and that's it. And and like you said, Joe, there's no way for them to replay balls and strikes. They can, you know, order the replay to see if the guy got hit and he did get hit. Now, you know, Culpa, you know, after the game admitted that he blew the call, uh, you know, told the pool reporter that the, I should have called this guy out. He should have, you know, he should have struck out. It was a pitch in the strike zone that, that hit him. Um, and, uh, you know, that, and that's, and that would have been strike three dead ball, right? right? No, no advance, no, no runners could advance, no anything. Exactly. That would have been the second out of the inning. And then your your guy uh, uh, who would, who was Pete Alonzo, Pete Alonzo would have hit. So uh, you know, but uh, just uh, you know, so I think you know, you really got to if it costs you a game, you know, if, if you you know, 
you know, maybe if it's, it happens in the sixth inning, you, you can live with it, but bottom of the ninth bases loaded, you know, you're at uh, in New York and, and it costs the Marlins a game. So I think you really got to look at that. I don't know if you can appeal that. I mean, I don't know if Mattingly can appeal it. Uh, uh, those usually don't work. I mean, but. he could he could lodge a protest at the at the time, I, and, I'm, and I'm sure he did. And and I'm sure the protest will be denied based on the existing rules. Uh, you would have to change the rules and amend them. But you're not going to do that, you know, a week into the season. That's something you do in the off season, right? You, you, generally, yeah. um, unless there's some sort of egregious, uh, you know, I disparity in the rules that you're not going to go ahead and, and, you know, change what's on the books right now for the remainder of the season, because you've already played X number of games under the existing rules. Uh, but yeah, I, I, we keep every, every year we talk about, well, should we expand replay into this? Should we expand replay into that? Uh, really everything except the strike zone should be, should be pretty much sac uh, sacred, right? Yeah, and is this you know does this come into the uh, the realm of uh, robot umpires, Joe? What do you think? I mean, does a robot umpire change his call mid call, or does but does, does the, the computer just call it a strike and he and Conforto's out? Well, but that's that's why even with a robot umpire, you need somebody back there to 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 have a practical stance on what happened at the play because a robot umpire is going to know if the ball was in the strike zone, but he's not going to know. Hey, did it hit him? And hey, was his intention to lean out and be hit? Yeah. The, umpire, the robot umpire is not going to be able to know that. Yeah. And that's that's another call that Culpa could have could have done. And it would have been a strike and he would have been out. You know, he could have, and then it would have been a dead ball. I'm, I'm pretty sure. But you know, if he if he had said, you know, Conforto intentionally leaned into the pitch and got hit, he it would have been a strike, I'm pretty sure. And uh he would have been uh so he would have been out. Right. So uh you know, but that just shows you that's such a tough call for an umpire. Split second like that, you know, game on the line. You've got three or four different calls to make. Just uh, I felt bad for him. And I thought, you know, replay was supposed to, you know, uh, kind of ease the burden on these guys. And, and it just kind of made it worse in that, you know, in that situation. Right. And, you, you know, you get into a situation where like the in the NFL, the, the, umpire, the referees are now are trained and sort of lean towards letting a play go instead of making a call that can't be reversed on replay. In, in this case, you, you had to make a call in, in the moment in order to, to be able to have replay come in and, and trigger you. You had to make the ruling, uh, you know, this guy either leaned out or he got hit or, or whatever the case may be. So, uh, yeah, another tough one and, and one that we'll probably be talking about throughout the rest of the season and, and into the offseason if they change the rules there. There's never been a better time to register for Indian Subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com and you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name 
to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years, and uh, my son was born and raised here, and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. <laughs> so thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. All right, I want to jump to the Indians offense, the uh, the major topic of discussion through the first five games. Uh, on on Wednesday in the uh, the final game of the series against the uh, Royals, uh, Jose Ramirez was the offense. Jose Ramirez with two two-run home runs, providing the four runs for the Indians and a come-from-behind win against Kansas City. Uh, Ramirez has multi-homer games. Uh, I believe he has five multi-homer games since the start of the 2020 season. Here's the list of, uh, of guys in baseball who, who have three. Jose Abreu, Ronald Acuna, Pete Alonso, Nelson Cruz, Teoscar Hernandez, Manny Machado, Marcelo Zuna, and Luke Voigt. They all have three. Ramirez leads them all with five now. Uh, you don't, I mean, up until I guess 2018, you didn't really think of Jose Ramirez as a, uh, a, a you know, top tier home run hitter, but, but I guess it's true. Yeah, he is really, uh, you know, he's such a fun player to watch, Joe. Uh, he can do a lot with the bat. He's going to, you know, he can hit for average. He can, he can produce runs and he can hit the ball out of the park as we saw, you know, um, against the Royals and, uh, you know, what, two years ago, or I think he, he almost, he almost reached 40 home runs, didn't he? 39 home runs. So, you know, this guy's got some power. Uh, he's kind of a, like that little big man, you know, he, he, he's not that big, but he, but he, he puts a jolt into the ball and he really is, uh, you know, with uh, Lindor gone. And even when Lindor was here, he still might've been their best player. Right. Uh, how important is it to get Framil Reyes going? You know, Eddie, Eddie Rosario is going to hit, he's going to be there. He's going to, he's going to give you steady production. I think, uh, you know, throughout, uh, as long as you have him on the roster this season, but to, to lengthen that middle of the order to get Framil Reyes going and get his his power game going, uh, how important is it for the Indians to, to, to sort of see some results there? Yeah, he's what, he's hitting 211, um, doing a lot of swinging and missing. You know, I think with power hitters, Joe, at least, you know, when, when I think of, you know, power hitters, when I think of Albert Bell, I think of guys when, when they were struggling or when they, you know, weren't hitting the ball out of the park, when – when they, the thing they would do to get going was they'd hit the ball up the middle. They'd hit the ball the other way. You know, you'd see a double, you'd see a single the next game. Maybe you'd see two singles and the next game, a double down, down the right field line. He was a right-handed hitter. And then all of a sudden the he it clicks in and then he starts hitting the ball out of the park. And we just haven't seen that, that, that kind of the beginning to be, you know, not the eye of the storm, but the beginning of the storm 
from from Fran Mill. And I think when we see that, you know, he's got the swing groove to a right center field. When we see that, I think then that'll be a telltale sign that he's ready that he's ready to start swinging the bat. Yeah, I, I, I something you said there. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't look completely comfortable today. You know, uh, in the box, he, he looks like he's guessing. He looks like he doesn't know. You know, from from different count to different count, what pitches he's going to be facing, and that just makes him kind of you know swing and miss, look kind of foolish sometimes. Uh, but when he gets to a point where you know he can he can think a pitch or two ahead, and he can anticipate what's coming, he, he can use that stroke to right center field and 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 have it work out that way. Uh, he hasn't lost any confidence. I'll tell you that for Emil Reyes and talking to him, you know, he's, he's very confident that, you know, the hits are going to start coming and, and the numbers are, are sort of indicating that the Indians uh, offense in terms of putting the bat on the ball is, you know, among one of the best in baseball right now, they're top 10 in uh, uh, you know, strikeout rate. I think they're in the top, you know, four or five in terms of lowest strikeout rate as a team. I think they're at 18 percent which is fantastic in in the modern baseball era uh and their their walk rate is good their walk rate is really high uh the the batting average on balls in play is the number that sort of stands out and it's it's down in the low 200s and you know right now the major league average is is up around like 270 and that's that's sort of where they run into problems is they're putting the bat on the ball and they're just hitting the ball at people yeah, that's usually an indication of uh, hitting hitting in bad luck, and you can tell the way this team has swung the bat in the first five games, Joe. It just looks, you know, they're this they're 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 like an inch or two away from getting untracked. And you know, you, as long as we've watched baseball, you've seen teams go through it through streaks like this. Instead of you know the the one you know the the team they're playing hits the ball out of the park, uh, the Indians hit the ball to the track and it gets caught. You know. Carlos Santana makes that great play at first base in the ninth inning when they've got two on and nobody out against Kansas City in the opener, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it kills a rally, maybe a potential, you know, game-winning rally. So it, it's, it's those little things that go against, the, you know, that, that pile up against the team when, there's, when they're losing. And when, you, and when you see one thing break the other way, then that usually means you're on a winning streak. And, and, and that's the thing, it, it, over 162-game season, those things even out, and, you know, you understand. With the, the way the Indians have their barrel rate, according to StatCast, is, is super high as well. And, and that means they're, they're, they're doing what they want to do at the plate in terms of making contact. They're getting the barrel of, uh, the, the, barrel of the bat to the ball. Uh, they're just not producing the results in terms of the hits dropping. Uh, you're talking, you know, exit velocity and launch angle. Uh, equate to, to barrels. They've got a, a, a pretty high high number of them. I think they're top four in the league in, in barrel rate, but it's it's not producing those runs, and it, it's not. A, and, and ultimately, runs are what win games, not uh, not barrel, not you know the number of barrels you have in a game. Yeah, they scored 17 runs in five games. Uh, you know that's you know, you're just not going to win that many games if you're only scoring three plus runs a game. Uh, and especially with the pitching they're getting, uh, solid starting pitching, really good uh, uh, relief pitching. I think the the bullpen has pitched the fewest innings in the, in in the American League, and that's a sign your starters are getting deep into the game or semi deep into the game, and you don't and you and you've been able to use the best part of your bullpen, you know, in crucial situations. 
And Oliver Perez hasn't even pitched in a game yet. I mean, they haven't even. I don't even, think has Brian Shaw pitched either. Brian Shaw know. pitched uh, the first game, the, the opener. Okay. But, uh, yeah. You know, he, he hasn't pitched since, and that's you know that, that is unusual for Brian Shaw, I, I think, to say the least. It'll it'll have been if he pitches tonight, it'll be more than a week since he's been on the mound, which is not the norm for him. Uh, yeah. Even when the offense catches up here to the to the pitching you still can't expect it to be much above average. I don't think anybody has any notion that, that this offense is going to be anything more than an average offense, but you know, at or slightly below average would, would be an improvement right now from where they are. Yeah. And uh, you know, you, you've got to, you know, they've got to settle the, the leadoff spot to me, you know, is Gamma is Gamma the leadoff hitter or are you going to put Hernandez back up there? Or, uh, you know, what, what do you do there? Do you just, uh, and, you know, so you got to figure that out. You've got to, you know, give, decide what you're going to do with uh, in center field. Is Rosario going to, you know, do you, do you run him out there more than you have? Um, and then, uh, you know, shortstop, it looks like him and him and as is going to be, be there for, you know, for most of the games. So, okay. But uh, you need some, uh, I don't know. There's, there's some spots in that lineup that, that could get going and could really help them. All right. Uh, finally, the alternate site, uh, they've, they've played a, uh, a handful of games so far uh, against Pittsburgh. I believe they played what, three or four games. Uh, yeah. First couple, games, they, yeah. first couple of games, first couple of games as they hosted Pittsburgh at Huntington park, uh, uh, Oscar Mercado hit a couple of home runs. Uh, Daniel Johnson had a couple of uh, hits and a couple of RBIs on Wednesday. Uh, Bobby Bradley not really hitting the ball as well as he was in spring training. Uh, obviously, to be kind of expected. Uh, the pitchings look good so far. Uh, what else are you hearing from the alternate site? Yeah, so the, uh, Owen Miller has hit well. Uh, Gabriel Arias is, is doing a nice job. Those two guys who had just, you know, Great springs, great springs with the big league club. They're carrying it over down there in, in uh, Columbus. Um, and they're also, Joe, I guess at the end of next week, they'll, they'll be allowed to have attendance at, at, uh, uh, at Huntington Park where the, you know, where the alternate site is, be, is being held. And I think, you know, the uh, Clippers people, the Columbus Clippers, uh, you know, organization is really going to, you know, use that as a, uh, you know, kind of to ramp up to uh, the start of the AAA season, probably in, in early May. So they can use that to get the ballpark ready to get their seats socially distanced. And, uh, you know, then you can also, you know, fan, in, the, in the meantime, you know, fans can go down there and, uh, or, you know, a limited number of fans can see, you know, some of the, some of the Indians that could be up here, you know, in, in a matter of months, weeks or months uh, right. playing for the big league club. Uh, 500 to 1,000 fans in uh, allowed to attend at Huntington Park uh, beginning April 16th uh, was the word. Uh, Sam Henches, Anthony Ghost, Nick Sandlin, all guys who were pitching well. Uh, their fastballs topping out in the mid to high 90s. Uh, all of them had impressive springs and, and should contribute at the major league level at some point. All right, well, that'll wrap it up here for, you know, a Friday edition of the Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, Hoinsey, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens with Akil Badu and the, uh, the Detroit yeah. Tigers coming to town uh, after facing them three games last weekend. The Indians get a return engagement. 
uh, Akil Badu, uh, the name to remember. The, uh, the what a great player. name that is. That's a great <laughs> baseball name, isn't it, Joe? It's fantastic. And the kids, you know, he's he's raking. He's 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 hitting the ball in the ballpark. Uh, fun kid to watch. And so we'll uh, well, it, there'll be interesting dichotomy. You've got 537 year old Miguel Cabrera at first base, and you've got 22 year old Akil Badu uh, out in left field. So. We'll keep an eye on that uh, this weekend, and we'll talk to you again on Monday on the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. 